Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I trust something you hear in this next hour may just shift how you look at your neighbors and your community and maybe even what's going on in the world at large. You know, we humans, we are wired for connection. We're wired for social human connection. And science is showing us that lasting happiness is rooted in positive connections, those human connections. Yet we've been taught, conditioned, and socialized in a worldview of separation. When we believe ourselves to be separate from everything in the world, even our own bodies, we develop systems of competition and consumption. Our guest today says that in the current milieu of chaos and change, a new socioeconomic order will inevitably take shape and it will be accompanied by a major psychological transformation. Discovering our positive human connection as a new source of fulfillment and prosperity. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart. And settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Joseph Ohayan is a filmmaker and social entrepreneur best known worldwide for his award-winning documentary, Crossroads, Labor Pains of a New Worldview. As co-founder of Connected Wisdom, a nonprofit promoting unity above differences, Joseph regularly collaborates with socially conscious artists and educators and lectures on the various implication of implications of today's interdependent world. And if you if you watch this documentary, Crossroads, I'm going to tell you where to find it later, or any of his work, you're going to see lots of themes on our interdependent, interconnected world. It's just amazing. And I'm really happy to welcome Joseph here. Welcome to our show, Joseph. <laughs> That's such a such a great introduction. It's great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you and I have been communicating for a while, trying to set this com- conversation up. And I am just tickled to have you here. And I know even just this opening question, I can't wait to ask you because um, we talk a lot about this illusion of separation. We're talking a lot about our interconnected reality here and and your work just is so in alignment and, and just, just so resonant with everything this show is about. So I got to start with our first traditional question, Joseph, All right. and ask you what all things connected means to you. Oh, okay. All right. That's a beautiful question. I, uh, I would say that uh, it's nothing less than the overarching, all-pervasive law of nature. This is the underlying truth of everything in existence. Everything is connected. 
And uh, anything that seems to us as disconnected is simply a lack of perception. Uh, so what's your, uh, the tagline of your show really helps, helps us see the reality. Mm. Thanks, Joseph. I appreciate that. And I, I just hear echoes as you're talking. I'm just reminded of your, your film, the documentary Crossroads, and you had some of the most amazing leaders um, on the planet right now are who are really bringing this new worldview into our consciousness and, and really trying to assist us in making this transition on the planet. Many of them have been on our program before and, and your message is beautiful, but I have to just, I'm going to just pause before we talk about crossroads because you shared with me another short video that you had just posted. It's going all over um, social media right now. And, and after the show, I'm going to go share it widely myself. I, I really appreciate it. And you're talking about the future is inevitable and yeah. the future is human connection. I would love to hear you just talk about that project for me. Sure. Well, um, I I want to think that this is a kind of a um, you know an introduction to another film. <laughs> I'm saying I want. Yay! To <laughs> <laughs> I'll support you on that. I'll hold your feet to the fire on it too. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's very good. Um, well, what can I say? You know, a lot of things that are happening now in the world. Uh, if you just look at them in a disconnected way, then they may seem surreal. Uh, weird, uh, they don't make sense, it looks like a mess, uh, it looks chaotic, uh, it looks uh, discouraging in many aspects, but if you look at them in a connected way, uh, in an evolutionary way, uh, then they seem completely different, and then it begins to make sense. And this is uh, what I'm hoping to, to show. Um, to be more specific, I believe that um, within the next two decades, um, I think that we're going to see at least the beginning of, of really a social revolution. Uh, we're going to see great opportunity versus great disruption. And um, I think both are inevitable. And what will come out of that I think is also inevitable, and that's the, the, the realization that we have to build a new culture uh, that, will, uh, that will be very different from what we have today. Um, however, that might take, you know, there could be a phase of social chaos before, before that happens, but I do believe that uh, this realization is inevitable, and um, it, it is that really we need to build a new, a new culture that is centered on human connection. So that's, that's in short. <laughs> Thank you. If you want, I can expand on uh, many aspects of that. Well, you know, there are so many aspects to that. And I, I appreciate your message about human connection because a lot of times we put it into the realm of science and talk about the interconnected reality that science is showing us now. And sometimes we put it in the realm of spirituality and in doing that, often we just forget about the simple human connection. And I tested something. I had to tell you, Joseph, 
um, in that video, you talk a lot, in both of them, you talk a lot about human connection. And in, I, I can't remember which one, but you mentioned many of your guests that you interviewed talk about what really brings us joy and meaning in our life. And it's not material things and consumption. So I did a little test in prepping for today and I put out on social media and I just said, what brings you joy and meaning in your life? Help me out, please. What brings you joy and meaning? And your, your hypothesis is so correct I had not, I had absolutely not one person mention a thing or an item or a material good, nothing that can be consumed. Almost everyone mentioned relationships and human connection in some way, you know, time with my grandparents, serving others, like almost everyone mentioned that. And then there were two other topics that were that were sprinkled in with the human connection piece, which was time in nature mm-hmm. and time in creativity, creating and being with the arts, you know, whether it's connecting with music or, or, or something like that. So human connection is an important piece of this as we're looking at the evolution of consciousness, talking about human connection. Yeah, sure. Human connection is really, um, I believe it's both what drives us and it's also what we aspire to, even if uh, we're not necessarily aware of it, um, because uh, we're, we're so connected to each other that, uh, you know, it's like a fish in the water. You know, the last thing that the fish notices in the water, uh, in, in its environment, is the water. And, and it's in, in the same way, we're so connected that we don't necessarily notice it. Uh, when the science comes out and, and shows us all of a sudden, sort of from a bird's eye view, you know, statistically and, and through many analyses, uh, just how connected we are, it's sometimes... Um, it seems weird because we're not, you know, aware of it on a daily basis. On the other hand, uh, it's just uh, intuitive because uh, we know it deep down. So um, uh, I would say that even though uh, right now, as you mentioned, you know, we're in a culture of of separation. It's like a doggy dog world out there in many ways. Even that is sort of a scrutiny, the way I see it, that we're, that we're going through. We kind of have to mature and evolve to realize that we just need to care for each other in order to have a better life. Um, and as simple and simplistic even as, as that may sound, I think that's going to be, uh, it's going to become very, very clear and amplified in front of our eyes. Um, and it's going to be to become so clear specifically because of the developments that we're going to see in the world. Yeah, Joseph, you in the in your short video that you just produced since the election, I think even in the United States, um, mm-hmm. you you talk about that our challenge now is how to reorganize with the least amount of chaos and suffering because we're we're seeing the breakdowns in all the systems. We're seeing systems that really developed and were built in a worldview of separation 
aren't sustainable any longer. We're, we we can't sustain that. And I and right. I love that you have solutions in here. You have a vision of of everything that will be working for the future. Can you share what you what you imagine? What are some of these shifts that we're going to see? All right. So for, first of all, you know, just to um, uh, you, you brought up that point that really uh, we and yeah, I mentioned it in the in the last video that um, we could reorganize society actually right now if we wanted to. We could get rid of poverty. We could get rid of yeah. of conflict. We could get rid of uh, of hunger. Um, we can get rid of all of that. Um, and the only thing that is preventing us from doing that really is the inability to rise above differences and come together and actually reorganize society. You know, it's it's a very, very, um, you know, data-based kind of thing. It's very clear, you know, 30 to 50% of the food, of all food that is produced um, is going to waste. Uh, only in North America and in Europe, you know, you could take the the number of calories that end up in waste there and feed the hungry of the world three times over uh, and there's no problem in um, making it you know arranging ourselves in a way that everyone has water and food and energy and access to whatever material goods they need for their basic necessities really the problem is not there uh, however what i think will happen soon is that, uh, and sooner than we think, sooner than we think, because some processes develop exponentially, which is really counter to human intuition. We're used to thinking in a linear way, you know, that we have one, two, three, four, and, and so forth, but this is not how technology develops. This is not how social disruptions happen. Um, and I think what, what is going to happen if we take technology, for instance, is that we're going to see um, that we have potential abundance, I think that's going to become a very powerful uh, mechanism of change, not because I rely on technology to make our lives better. As I said, we can already make our lives better. This isn't the problem. But yeah. I do think that, the, that the, the progress of technology, the exponential progress of technology that we're going to, to see is going to put this in front of our eyes. It's going to become so clear, so evident that we can easily, easily provide for everyone in the world, at least in terms of basic necessities. That's a whole other topic that we can discuss if you want. But uh, we have potential abundance. But on the other hand, that exponential development is going to bring also great disruption. And hence the crossroads that we're going to find ourselves in. I think we're going to see uh, a, um, such an awareness spreading that is going to become clear to a critical mass to, it's going to become public knowledge, common knowledge, that yeah, we can just give everyone what they need. Why aren't we doing that? That I think is what's going to be the, um, well, in a very general way, the role of the exponential progress of technology in how it will influence our awareness. Um, but then on the other hand, the current socioeconomic order that we were in doesn't support that, doesn't promote that. It relies on scarcity. It's built on scarcity. It's built on the idea that we have to take advantage of each other and we're in a zero-sum game um, and we have to make sure that I have what I need first 
and um, um, self-hoarding and self-maximizing, you know, are the ethos of this, of really, of our, of our society. Um, but that's not going to work with the fact that we have potential abundance. And that dissonance, I think, when it's going to reach a certain um, critical point, when the gap is going to be so clear in front of our eyes that we can have potential abundance, we can feed everyone, we can clothe everyone and so forth. On, and on the other hand, our society is really just that the inequality is escalating and things are going really bad. That's the point, I think, where things will have to change. I, I, I believe that it's going to become inevitable. It's going to become a necessity uh, to that, that we just have to provide for all the people in the world. We're going to see this as a necessity. And then the question will be just how we're going to go through this transition. This is really where I see the crossroads in. It's not that whether that process will happen. That's just a matter of time. The question is how smooth the transition will happen or how you know full of suffering and chaotic will it happen. And that's why I think that right now, what we're doing right now actually in this conversation and what I'm trying to do in my films is really to promote the awareness that we need to, to begin to see the benefit in taking care of everyone. We begin to, we, we have to see that it's more beneficial to care for each other. It is simply more beneficial, not for any other reason. And um, um, even if you look at evolution, you know, Elizabeth Satoris was on your show, I believe. Yes. Um, and she was uh, um, uh, on my film as well. And she actually explains it beautifully there that if you look at, um, you know, uh, older uh, forms of life, then you also see that they have a juvenile state where they fight each other until they basically realize that by coming together, rising above differences, so to speak, and sharing their responsibility and building one organism, they can simply be more sustainable. And I think that's what's going to happen to human society. Um, I have no doubt that it will happen. It's just a question of how it will happen. And in that respect, I think we have a lot of uh, um, a lot of work to do. Yeah. Joseph, you're your film is a, a a priceless resource for the general public. It is so easy to watch. It is well done. You've taken um, leaders from almost every sector of society and really demonstrated the shift from coming out of separation and into connection. And so that is really helpful. I, I, I commend you on that. And this, the, the other piece of this, that what you're talking about is, is like, when is the time and, and how is this going to unfold is, you know, we're talking about the evolution of consciousness, but it's so easy when we just name it as a worldview, like literally people can understand this worldview of our interconnectedness so much different. And you look at, you know, almost you're, you're so right. Solutions exist for every global challenge right now. And many of our leaders are saying, okay, so we have to connect up and connect all the solutions together so that they're working together. But on the other side of the coin are our leaders who are saying, no, we just have to introduce this worldview 
to more people and shift the consciousness on the planet. I'm hearing you say the second. Are you? Are you? Is is our solution to really create critical mass and and wake more people up to our interconnected reality? All right. So I, I think there's a there's a couple of things here. Um, first of all, um, this is this is something that. Uh, I, I don't know how much it comes across in, in Crossroads, in the film, but I'll say it here very clearly. I see that, um, you know, when we talk about connection and human connection, let's care for each other, let's love each other, that may sound uh, to a lot of people kind of lovey-dovey and um, uh, and therefore maybe kind of fluffy and, and, uh, yeah. and, and unrealistic and utopian and all that. Um, I, I think that if... If people really watched the the film, maybe even more than once, and really uh, you know got to the bottom of it, what I'm really trying to show there is that there's no doubt that we have uh, an egoistic kind of uh, inclination within us. This is part of human nature. It has to do with our survival. It has to do with what we are at our core. But what I'm trying to show is that, that there is another force by which we are governed, and that is the force of our connectedness. That is why the influence of our environment, the influence that we have on each other, the society that we can create, the culture and values that we can create, they can, they are the, this is the only thing that will enable us to uh, channel our egoistic uh, existence for the benefit of the greater whole. And so I'm not advocating for any kind of, uh, you know, airy-fairy kind of love that will suddenly dwell on us and, uh, and everything will be okay. I think that, that what we're looking at is uh, a critical point in human awareness, a critical realization where we actually see that, you know what, we are constantly brainwashing ourselves with egoistic values, with let's uh, you know, self-maximize at the account of everyone else with let's fight each other until, uh, you know, the, the last one standing and so, and so forth. And what we actually have to do is, uh, and I'm, I'm not afraid to, to say that, is brainwash ourselves the other way. Um, it's, a, it's a harsh word to say, but really it's kind of what we have to do. We have to encourage and um, sort of ignite within us that power of connection that exists between us. We have to begin to see that as the new source of fulfillment. I don't think, for instance, that we should try to think of not competing anymore or not trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, trying to somehow eliminate or erase our natural urges. Um, like, you know, um, I hope you'll allow me to give, to give an example just that comes up to my mind, like, but even us now doing this show. So, you know, so we want it to be good. We want it to be great. Maybe we even want it to be, uh, better than when I make a film, I really want it to be good. I want it to, to influence people. And in a, in a way, of course, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is a, an, a competitive sort of drive that is at work. The question is, what does it benefit? What is the direction uh, that it's going to? What is the end result of that? And that, I think, is what the, the realization of our society, um, what we're facing. We're going to have to realize that we have to actively build a society that values 
um, cooperation where there are heroes and there is competition, but the heroes are those who connect. The competition is a competition uh, for who's going to bestow more to, the, to society, who's going to unify people, who's going to make it better for everyone. And uh, that is sort of how I'm, how I'm seeing it. It's a value shift. It's a new um, value system that has to be put in place that we have to, we have to do this actively. Uh, you know, it's funny when we think of our children, um, I have two children when I, um, you know, when I think about educating them and everything that I do with them, we always care deeply about the environment that they're in. It's very, very clear to us that, you know, what they come in contact with and what they hear and what they play and who they play with and, and so on. And the content that they, they encounter, uh, especially now with the internet and so forth, we know that this shapes their thought and behavior. But the funny thing is, we're just the same. We're exactly the same. It's just that we, we think we have a, a certain measure of independence in that respect, but we really don't. We're, we're shaped by the environment uh, in the exact same way. And so we have to realize that we have to determine certain values in the environment that will guide us towards a more sustainable society and a prosperous and an abundant society uh, where, where everyone can have a great life. Uh, and I think that coupled with the technological and practical solutions, that is really the way to go. And that is how to rethink, you know, our, our socioeconomic arrangements um, together with the psychosocial revolution, so to speak, that we have to go through. Yeah. You know, you have a few of those solutions here. I'm going to bring that up after break. I think it would be good to really just show people how simple this could be, too. It's not going to be easy, but it could be really simple. I really appreciate you talking about connection as this new source of fulfillment. And you talk about that sure. in the video when we're looking at consumption and my my little experiment shows that. So this is, I want to pick that back up again, because I think it's really important for us all to look at what really brings us joy and meaning in our life, and then creating the values of how to live together around that. So it's perfect. I also want to hear a little bit about your story. So after the break, I'm going to hopefully right. allow our listeners to, to really learn more of who is Joseph Hoyan. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Great. a day in the new empower radio app music to empower your meditation help you relax sleep or provide a calm background while you work the empower meditation channel is interruption free listen now with the empower radio app free in the app store or listen online at empower.fm soothe your soul calm your mind the empower meditation channel today might be the day i drop out of school 
Today could be the last day I try. My parents alone can't stop me. My friends can't even stop me. But you might be able to. With United Way, you could tutor me, be my mentor, or volunteer to just read with me. If someone had helped me earlier, I might not be struggling. And studies prove that kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. And United Way is calling for you to be one of them. Because it takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between me becoming one or the other could be you. Make me a success, not a statistic. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Time starts now. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Where can you find the answers to these questions? Car crashes are one of the leading killers of U.S. children. Many of those deaths could be prevented by making sure that kids are in the right seat for their age and size. Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If a disaster struck right now, what would you and your family do first? Would your kids know what to do? How would you get in touch with them if you're separated and your cell phone isn't working? Don't wait until a disaster strikes to figure it out. It's your responsibility to make a plan for you and your family ahead of time. To learn how, take our readiness challenge at nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. An entire station devoted to your personal development. Welcome to Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe just listen to it again and again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a list of upcoming guests. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I love to hear from you. I'd love to have you get involved. Send me a note. Um, we always love your feedback and suggestions. We're here today with Joseph Ohayan. He's a filmmaker and social entrepreneur and best known for his documentary film, award-winning documentary, Crossroads, Labor pains of a new worldview. I love that. You can find that documentary at crossroadsfilm.com. Again, that's crossroadsfilm.com. Joseph, welcome back to the second half. And right before the half, I mentioned a few things that I was going to do. And one of them was pick on you. I would love to hear your story. What got (laughs) you interested in 
this connection, this conscious evolution, and and wanting to create crossroads and make a difference here in the world. What what's your story? How did how did you get here? <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll try to be um, <laughs> brief um, because really it's the story of my life. I really since since yeah. I remember myself. Yeah, I since I remember myself. I I always had a question. Um, a deep burning question about what's going on here. Just what is going on here? What, why are we alive? Why do we exist? What's the meaning of all of this? Uh, and can we organize things in a way that, that it works for everyone? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Uh, is there, uh, and you know, and obviously the, the higher kind of, higher level questions such as, uh, you know, is there a source to all of this thing? Um, do we just, what happens when we die? Are we just, you know, given back that material equipment we call, um, you know, this protein-based body that we have and we're done? Uh, is there more? Um, and so that essentially is the driving force of uh, really everything meaningful that I did uh, since I remember myself. Mm. Um, and so um, fast forward. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, I I, um, I started uh, getting involved with like, uh, with, with filmmaking, and, and so forth. And, um, and then there was a time in the world where all those social protests came out, you know, that were, it was really a global kind of phenomenon. And it amazed me. Uh, and I also had an opportunity of being both in Israel and in New York um, um, at that time. And I, what was very interesting to me was that I saw people going out to the streets. Um, and I, I, it's, it's not, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not trying to specifically uh, be pro or against anything here or show support to this movement or that movement, just as a human phenomenon, as a social human phenomenon, what, what I was seeing was that people came out to the streets and they really enjoyed being with each other. Sure, there were they were protesting and that that's what's got them what got them out of the streets. But that kind of uh, people flocking to just be with each other, in, an, in a way that they didn't feel before, um, doesn't matter what they were protesting about, there was kind of a similar um, a, a kind of um, a core feeling that I felt um, that, was, that was spreading. Uh, and the amazing thing is that it happened all around the world. And then I, you know, with all of those questions that I was always asking myself, I kind of started um, uh, asking myself, how can I connect these things, uh, show that these things are connected, that our um, culture and where it is right now versus where we all really want to be, but um, don't necessarily think that it's possible where does it connect with the questions that we have about the meaning of life? And that brought me, you know, to um, uh, to talk to all these different people uh, that are in the film and to try to kind of piece all of that together into a cohesive kind of uh, um, documentary. <laughs> so that's kind of the 
in brief, the story of Crossroads. Beautiful. Well, I hope that next film is um, germinating inside right now because you do a, a really, really nice job. So thank you for really for bringing that to the world. It's uh, again, crossroadsfilm.com. You can check it out and watch it online for free. It's an hour documentary. So thanks for sharing your story. And I'm just, I want to go back to what we were talking about right before the break, before we come up with some of the solutions conversation is really this idea of fulfillment as coming from human connection and learning to value cooperation and, you know, lifting up our heroes that are about connection. I I have to tell you, I've had a couple Olympic athletes on my show who are working on a consciousness shift in our sports and athletics because mm-hmm. they're they're working on the very same thing of right. we don't need to totally throw all of that away we just have to transcend and include the best of competition and then come back out into cooperation and connection and what that means so absolutely we, that, yeah actually i would if I may comment on this briefly, this is actually a really good example that you bring up. You know, uh, in early, like when when the Olympics just began uh, in ancient Greek. You know, if if you if you look at how it started, the whole idea of people competing with each other was just a means. It was just a device. Uh, uh, at least that what was what sports was about. <laughs> I don't know about today, but uh, the idea was that let's compete with each other just so we can each you know, um, do better. That's basically the, 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 that was the concept, you know, it wasn't me against you. Let's compete against each other. It was, let's compete with each other. Uh, so we're seemingly competing, but we're actually creating something, you know, we're, we're pushing our limits. And, um, uh, that's, that's actually a very good analogy, I think, to the kind of positive competition that we have to, to foster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when you're talking about quite literally this creating our new values around this, um, the Olympics is another good example of the same thing that you were noticing in the protests is the people want to come out and they want to to connect and feel a part of something bigger than themselves. And so exactly. sports is another good example of us of doing that and what is more attractive if literally if human connection is this one thing that we can identify it can be the attractor that moves us into positive action creating that human connection can bring us all to the party to to work on this social change that we're talking about yeah yeah, absolutely. I think that that this is this is really another major aspect of the of the crossroads, so to speak. It's how fast, how soon will we recognize that what we're all looking for is human connection? It's funny because you know, as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, science. So much of science in the last fifty, sixty years or so, let's say, social psychology, neuroscience, uh, biology even, uh, all of it, obviously, you know, social network analysis, um, collective intelligence, there's a lot of, a lot of areas of that. Uh, a lot of areas are showing us 
that we are so connected and we're drawn to connection, but uh, on the other hand, it's such an intuitive thing. And I think the really this is a major part. Us, how fast and how soon can we realize that this is what we're looking for, that this is what we need? Uh, even now when we're like competing for material status symbols, uh, where that's a, a big part of our society still, even though it's it's already changing a lot. If you think of what's happening to the young generation and if you really research that a little bit and see what they're after, what's interesting for them and what's not, uh, they already have very different aspirations uh, than what uh, the older generation has. But um, um, w- what I'm trying to say is is that if we can see that this is what we all need, that this is what we all want, that this is what gives us joy and actually makes us healthier and more productive and more creative. And, you know, it 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 makes us the best version of ourselves when we're connected. This is something that, you know, psychology shows us regardless of this general kind of transition that we're talking about. If we begin to see all of that and feel that and taste that, then the kind of uh, rat race, I call it in the last video, I think, uh, the, that material rat race will just seem, it will become redundant and ridiculous even. Because uh, even when we're competing for material status symbols, we're still doing it because of human connection. This is the sort of the paradox that we're in. We have a, a consumption, you know, driven society. But really, it's based on, you know, marketers, smart marketers who understood that man is a social uh, creature and they simply take advantage of that social feature in us to make us compete, make us compete for material goods, which is uh, ridiculous. What we really want is we want others to, to like us and uh, and that's why we get a you know a better car or a better house or a better this or a better that, and um, if we just um, detach the the this social feature from the material um, goodies, then we see that we can create this situation where everyone's liked, where everyone's feels welcomed, where we provide that connection directly to each other, and we don't need to sort of egoistically try to exploit each other for it. That's mm. really what is happening. We, we, we're just beginning to realize that we need to connect directly with each other. We need to improve the, the quality of, of human connection. Everything in the world that is wrong today, I believe, is simply a result of lack of connection. It's a result of bad connection um, between people. And, and um, everything that will work in the new world that, is, that has to emerge is going to be based on a deeper and more um, beneficial and more profound human connection. Yes, yes, yes. You're starting to talk about some of those solutions that you bring up in the film and the video. And, you you know, we're talking about excessive consumption will naturally shrink because we're not valuing that as a material status symbol like you're talking about. But you also talk in the film um, as we're changing these social norms and values that and move into positive relations, really practical things happen like depression and stress 
will decrease and, you know, cooperation and reciprocity will increase. And, and these positive connections, you even talk about brand new kinds of industry and, and things will rise up because there, there will be an abundance for all. What other solutions do you see coming? Well, um, uh, those few sentences, really, uh, I, I was trying to, uh, you know, to put together a short video that needs to be unzipped. <laughs> it yeah. needs to, it, uh, uh, there's a lot that, that kind of, um, um, that a lot, a lot of detail that, that goes behind, um, each of these sentences. I was just trying to really try to make a, a, a fast progression. Uh, and really this is like, um, to, to share with you kind of the creative challenge that I have now is whether I'm thinking about a long film or actually because I'm really uh, what, mat- what matters to me now really is exposure. I'm really interested, um, you know, if I've, the next film that I create, I, I think it needs to be even shorter and faster to an extent. I really want it to just be very, very um, massively exposed. And that's why I'm always in a debate in terms of uh, with myself in terms of how much detail to get into uh, because yeah. it's important for people to get the general kind of train of thought I think more than the details um, but in any case if we're talking about you know the um, an industry of human connection for instance so if we if we're going to reach a point very quickly um, that a lot of the things that we do can be automated and um, with with technology and um, only a small percentage of people actually have to uh, work uh, operating this machinery and automated systems in order to provide for everyone what they need then what's what's coming into question and again, there's a lot of data. What I just said could be, you know, a lot of people can, you know, raise their eyebrows and go like, wait a minute, what is he talking about? The end of jobs? You know, we've heard that. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, um, this is a controversial issue and I can, I can go and, uh, and, and explain why I see that this is going to happen. But again, this is the detail aspect. But uh, if we're going to move to a, a point where, uh, a lot of that, a lot, a lot of the things that we're doing now, most of what we're doing now, um, will be automated. Then, really, uh, the question that comes to mind is: What are people going to be working on? What is going to be the nature of work? Um, uh, this is something that I think we're going to have to deal with very soon. Very soon, we're going. Leaders will have to deal with mass unemployment. As a result of of, uh, of automation, mostly, uh, the economy will have to deal with a debilitating loss of growth. We will have to redefine the the concept of work. We will have to redefine that idea uh, of I labor for an income, and that, therefore we'll we'll actually have to redefine socioeconomics as we know it today. We're going to have to redefine what I receive. From, from society and what do I give to society? So I'm not I'm not looking at socioeconomics in a technical way. It's a very human. It's really a reflection of human connections. Uh, economics is really just a, a mirror of human relations. Right now, it's it's a very egoistic 
kind of human relations, and therefore we have an egoistic socioeconomics that's happening. Yeah. Um, I think that that is coming to an exhaustion point. We're exhausting the point where we can still live. Why? Because it's coming to um, to a, a culmination of several conditions, an inequality that is no longer bearable, uh, technology that is so advanced that we can already have potential abundance, um, automated processes that make human labor redundant. All of these things are going to converge. It's going to happen faster than we think because of the nature of exponential development, um, which means that that the pace of progress itself is accelerating. And therefore, we're going to, to come to a point where these questions that seem a bit philosophical right now, they're going to be to have to be answered. And so the sooner we will precede this this disruption with an awareness that human connection is where we need to go, that this is going to redefine the concept of what people are doing most of their day, that this is going to redefine how we share resources, that this is going to be the 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 core of the new socioeconomic um, uh, system that we're going to have to establish. Uh, that is really what's important. The sooner that we that we understand that and go through a revolution of values. Mm. Well, you, Joseph, you have a brilliant mind, and what you're putting forward is so exciting because these ideas, these solutions, they're popping up on every continent, right? We're tapping into this, this higher wisdom and we're moving toward this connection. So I really appreciate everything that you're saying right now. One thing I, I really want to ask you, because you're a filmmaker here and just turn this toward the last few minutes of the show is this responsibility of, of filmmakers, of media, of news, of entertainment, the artists. Um, we have an opportunity here to bring this, like you said, you want to bring the message to the masses. We do want to get this message out to as many people as possible. What is the role of, of our our media, our news, our entertainment, filmmakers, artists, what do you see happening here and, and how can we really facilitate and support this growth here? Wow, this is this is so right. <laughs> but this, <laughs> it, it's just so, um, it's so critical, it's so crucial. You know, um, when, when, when Crossroads was was seen by more than a million people when it was translated to more than uh, 20 languages by volunteers around the world. When I uh, I suddenly realized the power that that we can have for positive social change, which is the same power that is now not necessarily used in that direction, but used otherwise. And I, you know, a, a recurring email that I kept receiving from different people, sometimes in different languages, in different styles, but it was really saying the same thing. It was this, it was, uh, thank you because uh, I feel like I'm not alone, because I feel like there's, uh, um, you know, people said, um, I, I felt a lot of this, but now it kind of gives me confidence. I felt a lot of this, but now it makes sense. Um, I feel that I'm not alone, basically. Nice. This is really the, I 
think the core of what we're trying to do, and I think what what the, the beautiful thing that you're doing with with this show uh, too, it's it's the same thing. It's that we are strengthening a new kind of human connection that is based on let's really find the way to change our world and make it a better place, the place that we know deep down in our hearts that it can be. And we just need to strengthen each other uh, to build that supportive kind of environment where we can actually make that change happen. Uh, there, there's definitely, this is a growing awareness. Um, this is, you know, <laughs> as, as you you mentioned from the, the tagline of Crossroads, labor pains of a new worldview. Mm. This is, I think, the, the contribution of, of the type of media that, that we're trying to do, um, like my film or your show or everyone that is along the same line. It's trying to, to help facilitate the birth um, so it's less painful. So it's uh, so we see it as an adventure. So we see the beauty of the transition that we all have to go through, uh, the inevitability of it on one hand, and yet the beauty of it on the other hand. And that the more we're attracted to it and drawn to it, and you know excited about it, the easier it becomes. Because then the chaos, chaos that we see in reality on the day to day. Uh, seem to have a purpose. Um, well, I, I want to use yeah. that. Yeah, thank you. I want to use that metaphor just of what I'm hearing in this moment too, Joseph, is as we gather for this birth, this you know labor pains of this new, it, when we resist, we do have pain and chaos and suffering. But when we move into allowing during birth and we're all knowing this beautiful event is happening and it does cause labor pains and, you know, and fatigue sometimes, you know, we're working hard, right? So I, I love that analogy because the message is it's time for us all to relax into resonance and really connect and love one another. It's very simple. Joseph, yeah. this has been awesome. And we only have just two minutes left here. So I'm just wondering in a minute or less, what you might have left unsaid that you really want to say to our listeners today? Well, I would, um, um, you know, I, I wouldn't end anything because I think we're uh, constantly continuing. And um, Thanks I, I would for that. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I would say this, uh, that really, if you feel like the, you know, the world doesn't make sense, you're right. It doesn't. If you feel it can make sense and it has to make sense, you're right. It, it does have to make sense. And it will once we all become connected. We're already interconnected. We just have to come to feel it. We have to say it to each other, show it to each other, demonstrate it to each other until we actually make it the, the reality. And the more we do that, everything that is already happening will seem to us like it's, uh, it's actually supporting that process. Uh, we'll begin to see it that way. And also, I would like to say on a more uh, um, practical level that uh, I know there's a, I, I received a lot of emails and, and letters from people who watched Crossroads and were asking what's going on and, you know, do some more more interviews or more, uh, you know, say what's going on. I, I wasn't very active in the last few um, years, really, on uh, on social networks and Facebook because I was mostly uh, 
dealing with research in the last three years. So uh, uh, if um, there are people who are interested in uh, seeing what's cooking, then uh, I, I hope that uh, from, the ne- from within the next few weeks, if you'll visit uh, the Crossroads Facebook page, you'll be able to, uh, to stay tuned with everything that, uh, that I'm planning to do. So, Beautiful. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Joseph. This has been a, a delight for me. I really appreciate you being with us today. And uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Julie. This is an amazing show that you have. Uh, it does so much good to the world. Oh, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in with us today. Remember, this makes more sense today than ever. Together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. 